0: This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Thank you for joining us, everyone, and welcome to the show. My friend and colleague, executive editor of Awards Watch and from In Session Film, Ryan McQuaid, welcome.
1: Oh my God, thank you for having me back on. I feel like a regular now. You are, you are a
0: regular. Ryan, if there was to be made a film about your entrepreneurial spirit, would it be the epic underdog story we've all been waiting for? And who would play you?
1: I feel like it would be like uncut gems. Um uh-huh. like it would be like manic. Um <laughs> uh I don't God, I don't I don't know who would play me. That's the question always everyone always asks, like online, like who would play you in a movie? And you kind of are like I don't know. There's not a lot of not a lot of great Latino actors out there that really represent us all.
0: Pedro should pass Pascal.
1: You know what? I'll go with Pedro. Yes. Why not? Yeah, why not? He's oh, plus he's just. I mean, he's the most dreamy man on the planet. Oh plan, my god! So. Yeah, and I am that as well out there, right? Yes, 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 yes.
0: <laughs> you have to have something he can take care of, though. A little grogu or a child or something i have my i have
1: my dog sadie so he could take he can take care yeah it, yeah he's really got to take care of something if if not then what's his yeah nicholas cage, was, cage? Was, yeah there you go he's a very careful trustworthy actor there you go yeah
0: well that that went in another direction but <laughs> what about
1: you no what about you
0: oh my god i don't know i mean who who i could dream of could kate play me oh yeah Yeah. That would be good.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I would I would pay to see Kate as a as a journalist podcaster. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just such an an unexciting life. I mean, but she can be a really hard tar-esque podcaster. Yeah. It's like a twist
1: on it, because you know these movies aren't truly based on a true story. So it's like a little bit of a twist. It's like a um like a saucy thriller. Yeah. Yeah, Let's go with that. And
0: when I do evil things and fall off the wagon, I have to start over with some mediocre pod. Again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> from from millions of listeners to ten and build yeah, it all sure. the way back up.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. That's exactly it. Anyway, I'm excited about this show, Ryan, but because of two premieres that are happening, Ben Affleck's Air and Apple TV's biographical drama Tetris, starring Taryn Edgerton, we're gonna talk about a sub-genre. I'm calling it the underdog entrepreneur, and many of these that really changed the pop culture landscape forever. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to pick a few favorites. I also have a really bad one and an upcoming one I'm looking forward to, I want to (laughs) mention.
1: A really bad one. I'm I'm curious what that is. Yeah, I love that. You
0: probably have a few too. But first, let's talk about these two films. Um, You've seen Air and we've both seen Tetris. Let's start with Air, which I can't wait for. Mm -hmm. And I've been reading that you really like
1: oh yeah i i I love this movie yeah spoiler alert i love it uh it's not like i was on like uh, ad campaigns already for it and stuff um with like ridiculous quotes um but no i i was uh, it was the closing night film of, of south by southwest um i go there every every year i can and of course like last year the big film out of south by southwest was everything everywhere all at once I'm not saying this movie is that, but I will say that they do share one thing in common and they were the only standing ovation in the Paramount theater. I was at every Paramount premiere screening um, uh, there at the beautiful Paramount theater in Austin, Texas, and uh, it received uh, a standing ovation. Not one of those like can made up standing ovation, things that you hear about Um, like an actual like standing ovation. And there was a lot of enthusiasm for that film, much like um everything everywhere had last year so uh both of those I'm films so very happy special for Benjamin on <laughs> uh, me too he was I mean he was there uh the whole cast was there even Viola Davis um and and, and Matt Damon and he he introduced them all he looked very nervous um he looked like uh, like this movie. Um he it's been a while since he's been behind the camera, you know. Well and, tell us what it's uh,
0: about first and then we'll
1: Yeah. So this is about the um the deal that Nike at the time, who was like third or uh or fourth in the uh shoe business, especially in the basketball shoe business, um they decided to put all their ad campaign and their signing money because you know when you uh, when you sign deals with athletes out at of college, you have a certain amount to to sign them, and instead of and they usually do about three or four. Well, Sonny Vaccaro, played by Matt Damon, decided to put all their chips in the middle of the table on one athlete, and that athlete was of course Michael Jordan. And so this is the story of how Nike has become Nike, and how Air Jordans became Air Jordans, and how Michael Jordan became not just. The greatest basketball player of all time, but also the greatest businessman of, you know, of the 21st century, one of the greatest businessmen of the 21st century, and essentially revolutionized how to make a profit off of yourself as an athlete, Um, because this is I mean, this story, I know that people are going, I've seen it already a little bit, too. And it's, it's kind of annoyed me, because most of those people have never uh, followed sports before in their life, So they don't know exactly the ramifications of this story, but this, this story changed uh, the landscape of fashion and it's changed the, the landscape of, of particularly how um, male athletes and female athletes um, are able to get their worth and get deals. And essentially, you know, there's a reason why, like, you know, Kobe Bryant has a, had a brand of shoes and Tim Duncan and Shaq and, LeBron James and all these athletes have these things. It's because this was the first deal to ever happen like that. And um, so it's, it's about kind of how Nike's the underdog, which is a weird sentence to say, (laughs) because Nike is like a multi-billion trillion dollar organization now, but they didn't get that way until they made Air Jordans. And so, um, Matt Damon plays Son of Vicaro who's essentially like this their premier basketball scout and, and uh, uh, he works alongside Chris Tucker and and Jason Bateman and Phil Knight who is the owner of Nike is played by Ben Affleck and uh, it, essentially it's Vicaro's sort of dealings to get through all the way to have a, a meeting with the Jordan family who is um, who Michael Jordan is not really seen he's sort of like a silhouette figure in the film he's you know because Damon said um, that it would take the audience kind of out if he had like some just, you know, random young up and coming actor playing Michael Jordan. And you wouldn't believe that. Um, so his, uh, his parents are, are played uh, by uh, Viola Davis, who was
0: amazing. Anna, I understand.
1: And, uh, and, and her, and her and Viola Davis's real life husband, uh, Julius Tanner, um who's, who's absolutely fa- fantastic too. He's just got like a couple of scenes. And he's and he's got a really great uh, sort of uh you know line delivery. He knew Ben Affleck because they worked together on Dazed and Confused many, many years ago, um, which was Affleck's first time he was ever at South by Southwest, which is wild. Um, and um, and so yeah, it's all about that deal and how it, and it got done. And it's a it's almost like a like <laughs> it feels like a a needle drop a minute um race to the finish you it's a it's purely at the edge of your seat it's got this great dialogue almost sorkin-esque dialogue um but what it it also has too is just this extraordinary um uh confidence from ben affleck who i i love ben affleck as an actor but i, I and then as a kind of a personality he's kind of interesting too but as a director i think he's a really strong director he and, is. you know, and he's he's made some really good movies like Gone Baby Gone and The Town and and obviously Argo. Um, and uh, and then he he did a movie called uh, Live By Night, which was not good. And and so he's kind of stepped away and he's been Batman for a couple of years. And he's been doing all these other things. And um, this Bad is um,
0: and Mr. J. Lo and all. his I know he's he's everywhere. Side gigs. he's everywhere. He's <laughs> everywhere yeah.
1: now. But now he's back to kind of like, I think where he's most comfortable, which is behind the camera.
0: But the thing about him as a director is I feel that he, he both has an incredible pulse in his directing in the plot, but at the same time, he's really good at directing characters and actors and getting those feels in, um, so to speak. And
1: yeah, he's, he's got this just innate ability because he is an actor and he's, and he's been a writer, you know, Academy award winning writer and, and everything too of understanding, um, Characters and their struggles, and empathy, and he's really great at building tension too. I think, like you know, organically without it being manufactured. Um, his characters, there's great moments of levity and, and humor that are, are, are in his films, but you know, he usually has a lot of films that are really about sort of people looking internally and trying to to find something, uh, a sort of a meaning and a purpose. Um, and at this one in particular, I mean, it is literally about the survival of this company and of this particular department and a lot of people's jobs, but it's also about essentially, you know, trying to break the form because Adidas and Converse at the time were basically collecting athletes and and basketball athletes, like they were infinity stones and putting them in the, (laughs) putting them in the bank vault, you know, they were, they were, uh, they, you know there's a scene in the film and this isn't a a spoiler or anything, but there's a scene in the film where they're pitching the Jordan family. And they're essentially like saying, you'll be just like magic Johnson and Larry bird. And it's like, well, no, he, he wants to be more than just like them. He wants to be better than them. And so there's, there's a, it's a lot of trying to break the, the mold and, and do things that are unconventional. And I think it's a real crowd pleaser. I think it's, it's one of those, you just watch and you're like, man, this is just working and it worked. And it's one of those movies too. It's like kind of movies from the past. And Affleck's talked about it is that movies about characters and real life human situations need to be made more than just the, the popcorn flicks that he's been making for a while. And I hope and pray it does really well. Amazon studios, MGM, they're really pushing this out there doing selective screenings and everything already. Um, Trying to build the buzz off of this thing.
0: Let me just mention that Air has theatrical release on 6th of April. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sure it'll be on Amazon quite soon after, I guess. Yeah,
1: probably a couple months after because they're really going for a theatrical only experience with this first.
0: But Tetris uh will be out already on Friday on the thirty first on Apple TV. Tell us about this one.
1: So this one stars Taryn Edgerton. Um, Rocket man himself Um, and uh, he essentially is a a Dutch uh, born um, businessman living in Japan with his family and he's working as like a sort of game a gaming expo sort of person and he stumbles upon at this expo this game called Tetris which was created in the Soviet era uh, and Soviet Russian, um, sort of backdrop. And, uh, he buys the Japanese gaming rights for this, this, uh, this game. Well, there, then that's when it starts getting complicated because then there's, um, um, you know, then it's like, well, okay so uh then there's these these british uh tabloid people that want to buy the rights for worldwide rights then there's the the russian uh spies and 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 people within the the kremlin that want to keep it for themselves or at least get paid under the table and then there's and then there's Taryn edgerton who's trying to get it for japanese rights as well as working with nintendo and there's all these different things so it's, it's going back and forth back and forth right and there's so much drama and there's so much uh it it, this is like a spy thriller more than it is yeah it's
0: like a cold war it's all the way up to Gorbachev and and it's like a real cold war I mean I don't know if how loose and free they are with the facts but it's pretty amazing story
1: yeah no it's it is it's wild and and there's a there's a lot uh a lot of twists and turns uh, don't know how much of it is all factual, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, but, but for a movie itself, you know, when you hear about, Oh, they're making a Tetris movie and you think, Oh, how good can that be? And then you watch it and you're like, actually, this is pretty entertaining. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, even though it's really loose with it. And it's kind of, it's more, I think a little bit more conventional than something like air. Mm-hmm. um and, and everything and it's it feels a little bit more like a like a, in terms of the difference between the two air feels more like cinematic and confident and this one feels more like for the streaming service for a little like you know for a tv sort of movie or whatnot but um but edgerton's performance i thought was really good uh he's just a con- consistently constant uh actor and his abilities and then yeah i mean um i didn't have a bad time with it which was I was very nervous about when I was watching I did like that there were some flourishes too of you know when they're trying to race to the airport which felt very Argo
0: yeah.
1: um <laughs> they included like it almost being like Nintendo blocks or being like a like a like a game you know right where it's like a bumper car game or whatever I wish there was more of that sort of playfulness with it because it is very it does feel like a very serious film, but like what is really interesting about it. And I don't know how I just know that it's playing fast and loose with the facts because, you know, people have come out about it, but I haven't like dived into, you know, specifically what is real and what's not real, but I can tell you that like um, just the intrigue, the, you know, what uh, this video game is got like five or six nations sort of just like on the (laughs) pins and needles the entire time and how, like sinister and 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 scary it all really is i think like the the all that stuff is really interesting but like the family stuff with terry edgerton was a little like okay come on like also it looked like he had five kids but then only three were in camera at times and then we really only focused on one i was like you know if you're gonna go loose with the facts just make it have one kid like it's not the end of the world you know it was a little bit of nitpicks there but you know overall i mean uh a, a quite fun little surprise when i was at south by southwest to see this one and the whole cast was there and taryn too so you know everybody just had a great time with it
0: but it has a few things that you often see in these type of movies it has the sort of exposition beginning in a good montage scene and then total dip where things go to hell and then a sort of ending of satisfaction at the end which i feel is sort of typical for this um, genre but moving on pick a few that you think are representative of these type of films
1: so it's this is this is kind of it's really hard right because you you think okay well how many movies are about just like a business getting started but then also too like there's underdog stories too. And the idea of like a lot of these underdog stories also are all like air where they come from these giant organizations uh, and everything. So I think like a prime example of this, of, of what we're trying to do here is the social network, which that is a movie that is just, it's clearly about the rise um, of the most evil thing on the planet, which is social media. And um <laughs> And but it's but it's but at that time, too, like, you know, when it came out 10 years ago or 10 or 15 years ago, um, the social network was at at the height of that time. Facebook's popularity was at all time high. And we were kind of like, oh, do we need a movie about the Facebook, um, as my family would say it still then? <laughs> and then you kind of realize how much of it is about like stealing ideas and backstabbing and is about some sort of capitalist ideas um, you know and the danger of that and um, how Mark Zuckerberg you could clearly see it from years ago was a troubling figure but then nobody in this situation even you know except maybe Eduardo played by uh, Andrew Garfield looks good coming out of this mm-hmm. and um, because they're all really just slimy individuals And it takes a lot of slimy individuals to make something that becomes extremely popular. Um, And what's great about it is I did a retrospective piece. It's one of my first pieces I actually ever did for awards watch uh, talking about the social network and talking about just how the movie itself almost feels like it is, is a, a fortune telling what is going to come for Mark Zuckerberg. And it's funny. I started that piece off with his remarks from the Senate hearings that he has 10 years later um, and the, the numerous counts of, of, you know, his mistreatment of women and his, his isolation um, isolationism. That's that he sort of adopts and how he's very awkward and how he really doesn't care about it, his workers and all these different things. And what he's left with is just kind of the final shot we see of that movie, which is like, you have won everything, but all you are sitting here. Is refreshing a page of a girl that turned you down because you are a lonely, lonely person. And so, I think that there is, you know, sometimes these movies can be like very, like
0: uplifting. And yeah, we did it, guys. This is more of the rosebud.
1: What was the what was the cost of all of it, too? So, I think that that's like the perfect example of what we're going for here.
0: The people behind Tetris, John Baird, the director, they've actually cited this as one of the movies they wanted that get the feeling of when they that makes sense just, yeah
2: in a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have
1: inspired us whoa whoa cut whoa, oh what? come on, it wasn't come that on. Bad. it's a bit dramatic let's just tell them about the show guys
2: we are the canned air podcast join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture
1: we also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors
2: that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.
0: So, um, I can't go without mentioning Jerry Maguire, Cameron Crowe's, in my opinion, masterpiece. The slick sport agent, pens this heartfelt memo that he wants to do something else with this business, which, of course, we know gets him fired. And and um, it's also interesting because I feel that Cameron Crowe's Almost Famous also is about a very entrepreneurial, you know, the teenage journalist played mm-hmm. by Patrick Fugit, who, who is also an underdog covering his, his first story about this band. And, and I think he likes this type of story about someone who really has to fight his way in and also fight his way in to do something morally right at the end, mm-hmm. which I think he does in his movies. So But talk about like Jerry Maguire and social network and, and is there are there certain sort of tropes that you see that are used in these type of movies?
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot of like the idea of I mean, they are essentially trying to be the American dream, what is left of the American dream of starting from nothing. Or starting with a this small idea and trying to use that idea to then change um, the culture around them. Another perfect example of this, we talk about the social network pinned by Aaron Sorkin, co-written by Aaron Sorkin. Another movie, and you talk about a sports movie. It's like Moneyball. The yes. idea of the idea of something like something from Bill James, which is you know you're you're talking about using stats and analytics to really drive how a team buys and operates their entire system. And what's so great about that movie is that's another fortune teller sort of movie too, is that now people can't shut up about analytics and can't shut up about statistics and money ball and how to, you know, essentially build a, a a baseball team or a football team or whatever, you know, it's uh, all of it is now driven by that. You know, you have, these great, great players that get these low, low contracts because they're saying, no, actually, the numbers suggest that if we pay you less here, then we can win a Super Bowl or we can win a World Series. But And they're like, no, I want the money. And it's like, no, this is how it's supposed to be. And then they pay him, and then they never win. You know what I mean? And you know what Billy Bean, played by Brad Pitt in that film, learns is that he's got a terrible organization, essentially. They're going to get gutted by the Yankees who have – millions and millions of dollars to run by and they don't have that so they have to come up with different inventive ways and uh he hires joan hill's character in 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 the film to essentially help him do this moneyball stuff And, and and also too the the thing about these movies is the old guard hates this idea yes the idea that what you're doing is so dangerous it's going to change everything to the point in which you're going to kill the sport. You know what I mean? It's 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 what happens in politics. It's what happens in business. It's what happens in entertainment. The idea of change bothers people, especially the powerful. And, you know, it was such a successful year for the Oakland A's. They ended up winning the pennant and getting in the first round of playoffs. They still lost. But, you know, like they, they've used this, you know, platform for years and now baseball uses this platform drafting and and picking up free agents and having other teams pay for partials of the contracts and all this different stuff and learning when your pitches and when not to hit it it's it's changed everything from rather than just being like let's swing for the fences and try to hit 700 home runs and it's actually like that movie i mean those two movies are just great um, because they have great different sort of central uh, characters. Like Zuckerberg is a monster, but Billy Bean isn't, is somebody you can root for. And he gets this offer from the Boston Red Sox, which is essentially like one of the biggest franchises in sports. He ends up turning it down because he's an optimist. And yet he still never won a World Series. And it breaks your heart, but it's also like you kind of just can respect it, you know, too. So th- that's a movie, and along with like Jerry Maguire, because he's like, it's again starting from nothing, leaving a lot, and starting from nothing, but then showing that it can be done.
0: Talking about predictive, what about Big Short?
1: Oh yeah, that's. I mean, talk one Brad Pitt film to the next, right? Yes,
0: Brad Pitt seems to be taking a lot of time here in this particular. I, th- I think so. <laughs>
1: well, I think that they just really kind of work. I mean, like you're talking about, like essentially, you know, the fall of the, the U.S. economy, the housing market. And there's these guys, you know, there's, oh, these guys who uh, that, that saw something before everybody else, you know, it's very much like margin call this is another example, too, of of seeing this cat, you know, but margin calls more like we've seen our error. We've screwed up. We're going to bail out and we're going to destroy the U.S. economy mm-hmm. and we don't care. This is a little bit more of like, you know. Giving the medicine back to Wall Street, essentially, is saying, like, you know, and this is the last time Adam McKay was even, I mean, he's not subtle, but he was a little bit more subtle here than he was in like vice or the big, or don't look up, but here he's, he's having to explain to the audience, like what all this stuff is and why it's important, because if you don't know what this is, um, then you're not going to understand half of what's going on in this film. But more importantly, your broker or your, you know, real estate agent or whatever is never going to tell you about any of this stuff because they're making all these deals behind your back. And these guys saw an opportunity that they couldn't pass up. And it's through math and calculation, but it's also through again, tons and tons of investigative reporting and into, or almost like almost being like an investigative reporter, essentially, and like going on these trips and trying to ask questions. And the idea of like what I love about the big short is they ask all these questions. And these people just give them the answers and they're just dumbfounded. Like we are like, why are you giving us like, (laughs) and, and there's a scene in it. it's like, why are they just willing and giving that? And it's, and he's like, they're, they're not concerned. They're bragging. They're bragging that they're getting away with this. And so sometimes in order to, to have an idea, you had to break something. It's almost like the last black man in, in San Francisco line. Like if you love something. You can't hate something unless you love it. You know what I mean? And these people genuinely, you know, love doing what they do because they love making money. But at the same token, though, uh, Mark Baum, played by Steve Carell, is essentially like he's very, you know, he's very conflicted by everything because of the fact that um, it's going to destroy the United States economy. And yeah.
0: You were mentioning when it's done well, one of my favorite elements of this type of movie is that explainer when they're explaining to us things that I have no idea about how economy works or the Tetris deals, that really gets you, your heart pulsing (laughs) and you get into (laughs) what's going on. Another one in the sports film vein, I just came to think of now is Hustle with Adam Sandler, which I also thought was a fantastic underdog story.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And, And just being able, and also too, like, not just hustle, but if you wanted to go even further into that, like something like High Flying Bird as well too. That's on both Netflix films. Um, <laughs> the idea of like this scout and Andre Holland and, and High Flying Bird, this agent essentially like looking at their industries and looking and seeing how they can do the best thing for their client or their discovery, while also um, proving something to everyone in their industry that like, hey, we didn't. Uh, we, we You underestimated me. Don't do that. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, no, those are, I mean, sports movies are really just easy sort of caveats for an underdog story, for uh, not believing in others, um, and then overcoming massive amount of uh, adversity.
0: I wanted to mention two characters which are not sports movies, but I feel have an, an entrepreneurial spirit that I always love watching. I can rewatch these movies again and again. And one is young Henry Hill in Goodfellas. Mm. And I love that whole beginning where they lay out how he's climbing from these petty crimes he's doing all the way up into the gangster family. Then it takes a terrible tumble.
1: For as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I mean, Perfect and I, I, th- I think of one of my favorite shots in Goodfellas, one of my favorite films of all time, is when young Henry ha- has the suit and he puts his arms out and he's like, look, mom. And she goes, Oh my God, you look like a gangsta. gangster,
0: <laughs> and
1: and it's exactly what he wants to look like, you know. And um, I love that movie so much. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it is
0: he's better than the other kids. He 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 finds little ways of really when you know, he's making parking them the Cadillacs, happy. yes, yeah,
1: <laughs> and and all the kids are looking at him through the through the you know or um, the lessons he has to learn because like when the guy is bleeding he's, and the lesson is you wasted. Four good aprons on this guy. We got to toughen this kid up. This is yeah. ridiculous. But like it's it's Shakespearean mm-hmm. almost, the rise and fall. It is a tragedy at the end of it because of the fact that your dreams get dashed the more and more you get involved in the idea. And, and of course, also the side deals that go on, the drugs, the the affairs, all these different things. It's... um. Yeah, it's a really, it was really, I didn't think about that one actually, to be fair. But no, that's a, that's a really good one.
0: He's finding all these business solutions, so to speak, yes. business solutions from the very beginning and just showing that he's smarter than even his other, the other protégés, they're sort of testing out in the mob. Yeah. The other one I wanted to mention is another almost perfect movie, and that's Aaron Brockovich.
1: Oh, yes. Soderbergh. Yeah, I... I
0: mean, her entrepreneurial spirit, I mean, this is a lawyer film. But it still has that same momentum of a character finding different solutions and working from nothing and just going all the way to investigating and discovering this cover up and perfectly played by Julia Robertson and Albert Finney. That's another one I love.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the idea of also, too, it's like even the people that hired her are sort of like if they still underestimate her, I think that, you know, that she's. Based off her appearance and everything, she gives off a certain vibe and whatnot. And that's why, like, Albert Finney essentially fires her and then he has to rehire her because she's she's a little, you know, you're underestimating her. And there's that great, those great scenes at the end. It's it's one of Soderbergh's best films. Um, but it's like scene at the end where she starts reciting all the stuff out of the book and just kind of proving to even like this big hotshot, you know, lawyer that like, no, she cares about this even more than, you know, it's not just another case. Mm-hmm. Like this is a very important thing and um it brings a human element into it.
0: As you're saying the underestimated character in this type mm-hmm. of movie um where you yeah. can see several of the ones we've talked about as well. Yeah. The ones that you actually I, empathize with.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have I have one um it's a it's another Scorsese film, but it's it's one that um is very different than the last two ones. Um and it's his film uh The Aviator because it's about Howard Hughes who is, you know, this Um, this drill bit millionaire or whatever. And yes, he already had money, but then he sort of pours all of his money into making movies and almost goes bankrupt. And then that ends up being a hit and people are telling him, Oh, you can't do that movie. That's too violent. Or you can't do that movie. That's too, that's too, it's got too much sex in it. Or, you know, and there's that great scene where he's having to. um, Get his doctor or his, or or, uh, one of his uh, people to do the, a measurement of the mammaries and all these pictures and say how the MPA is being unfair to them. But then at the same time he starts because of his flying, he starts, he gets TWA and he starts competing against Pan Am. And then that, of course, uh, you know, one trip in that film essentially has all the governors and senators in his pocket. And it's this disruptor that's coming in here, different ways of doing it, you know, not the status quo and he gets put under that investigation um, by the U.S. government for, for the military contract and, and everything. And um, it's an examination of, of one of the most uh, interesting people uh, that have ever been or, or known in American history um, for how inventive and how life-changing he was, but also how troubled he was, too, with his uh, obsessive-compulsive disorder and, and his um, and being a germaphobe and everything. And uh, I really... I think it's still one of Leo's best performances and Scorsese just, you know, he really gets to just go all out and make an entire film. I know that Warren Beatty made his film and been wanting to make it for years, but Scorsese kind of beat him to the punch and it's, and it's also really tragic too, because he wins at the end, but then he's still, you know, haunted by, you know, his upbringing and, and, and and his, his disease and everything and uh, his disorder and, and just how he, how it all sort of crumbles internally right that's the same thing with like henry hill is they both have it crumble internally and um and it's it's very tragic but then but you know and what's great about that movie is is you kind of see him sort of rising up and he's you know he's dating and uh, engaged to Catherine hepburn and he's you know he's got all these different things but then he's gradually declining even so to the point where he's locked himself in that in that room for such a long time and Um, and then he has, has the moment where he comes out of the room and essentially, you know, goes to the Congress and gives the speech and everything. And you think, oh, okay, that's, so he's going to end on a high note. And then it's, and then Scorsese is like, no, 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 no. he's still, he's still very messed up on the inside. So, uh, it's a very layered film. And one that I think is one of Scorsese's best movie I've seen many, many times. And just also think to the direction in that film. Again, it goes back to like air. It's something very confident, behind the camera from from Scorsese because I mean obviously it's Martin Scorsese yeah. so.
0: <laughs> you you were like wondering can he make yeah if you
1: were just curious
0: can we trust you with a movie Marty <laughs> I don't know
1: I mean that that killers of the flower moon coming out this year I don't uh, know if I can trust him
0: do you have any more you want to you were thinking of uh
1: yeah um so no I thought about Obviously, There Will Be Blood is another film, too, talking about like,
0: um,
1: you know, especially about capitalism, but then also about the, um, you know, the idea of this oil baron starting from nothing, literally at the beginning of it and getting all the way up and and being a millionaire by the end. But, of course, all the cost that goes into that really dark films that I'm mentioning here today. Um, But uh, and then, of course, like the prestige. And that's the, the idea of. Of. Have it of that really is a movie about the idea itself and the obsession of that. So it really goes back even to like Tetris and what we were talking about there of the idea of what this thing, this game, this uh, magic trick can do and the obsession oh, yeah. that comes behind all of that. I think that that's really one. And if you're going to talk about just like uh, more on the lighter side of things, Chef is a movie where you can, where the John Favreau film about basically a chef that. Um, has to refine his roots and 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 also reconnect with his son. Um, just a great movie to watch. Also, too, like a a great food movie, as well. Makes you don't like watch that. the movie on an empty stomach. And then uh, speaking of food, you want to watch down chef with a little bit of uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Talking about uh, a a. An entrepreneur entrepreneur. passing on the torch, you know what I mean, which is, you know, passing on the business. So uh, and uh, all the mayhem that goes in there because uh, Willy Wonka is a psychopath um, because he's all because he's torturing all these children. So um, maybe rightfully so. Some of these entrepreneurs,
0: as we have mentioned earlier are psychopaths this is yeah just maybe i think you gotta OG. be real
1: psychotic in order to be a psychopath or be an entrepreneur and a psychopath i guess as well uh maybe that maybe that's going to be like the new subgenre of psychopathic entrepreneurs and it's going to be like horror movies at that point or whatnot but yeah yeah no um those were some some more you had a bad one though didn't you say you had like a bad but pick? i just have
0: to ask before i get to that one talking about products uh that we sort of started with did you ever see the one because i missed that completely the Michael Keaton founder about was it McDonald's? yeah about
1: McDonald's yeah yeah, yeah. that one How was that the movie itself pretty standard and pretty good I mean Keaton is Michael Keaton so it's like it's never a bad thing but um but yeah I, I I remember watching that movie and that movie is it's it's really a movie that because I've seen the a lot of the real life story uh on you know various things and whatnot and so um makes you really think about going to mcdonald's at any point and the the idea of franchise uh fast food uh conglomerates in america and how he sort of he took this home style thing he took this really unique invention this one-of-a-kind product and 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 burned it into the ground essentially um from that original idea to then you know making it the you know, you can't go down a, a street in in the world now without a McDonald's. You know what I mean? And it's um, it's a very tragic film because of, of the fact that like, you know, that family got squeezed out of everything, mm-hmm. billions of dollars. And so it's it's a really good movie, but it's again, it's another cautionary tale being about like, that's not even about the person that invented it. That's or it is about the people that invented it, but then it's also about the person that stole it you know, and, and literally stole it. Um, so it's very social equity involved, but it's, I think it's even more cautionary because like Zuckerberg at least did create more
0: cautionary than Zuckerberg, Ryan.
1: Well, I would say, well, yeah, we're
0: in Musk territory here. Well, <laughs> well, I would say this is
1: because like, you know, uh, the way that, you know, weight loss in this country and around the world is a very dangerous thing. And McDonald's has a lot to do with that in terms of, um, you know, poverty and obesity and everything and that awareness, if that brand does not go global, then do we have that sort of, um, do we have that issue? And if it's kept at more of a uh, within the house of, of the original family, do, do they allow it to be this commercialized? Do they allow it to be this corrupt by the end? So um, it's very cautionary. It's very, and also uh, Ray, uh, Roy, Ray Conch, I believe his name is, is a, a slimy human being. Even more than like, you know, a Zuckerberg uh, or on the level of a Zuckerberg, um, because, um, you know, he basically on a handshake deal said that he would give them a percent or he'd give them all the money and then he never did. And that money over time has turned into like on interest billions of dollars. So, yeah, he's never paid him and never will. So that's at least at least Zuckerberg settled out of court. You know what I mean? Which is not (laughs) saying much, but it's like, yeah,
0: yeah. The one that I, in this vein of products that I really didn't work for me was David O. Russell's Joy. Oh, yeah. Starring Jennifer Lawrence as the maker, a self-made millionaire who invented the miracle mop. Um, And I mean, a huge cast, Robert De Niro, Bradley Cooper, again, Jennifer Lawrence. And I think she was nominated for Best Actress, but that one somehow he didn't get that rousing inventor if i never felt like i was on her path so to speak yeah
1: yeah, yeah. no yeah. that movie i remember watching that movie. and it was supposed to be like the movie about the the invention of the the, the mop or whatever or whatnot and um and then like yeah that movie ugh, yeah we don't need to talk about well i mean david o russell is a whole other podcast exactly. but That's another story. uh but uh but yeah i just remember being like what am i doing here you ever get like, you mm. you got to get like that at points, right? When you oh, watch a yeah. movie, it's like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Like, how did I get in this boring movie about the mop queen of wherever she's from? You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing here? So, yeah, that's the, yeah, I agree. That's a bad movie.
0: Where did this go wrong? How how did this happen?
1: <laughs> it's got to be, it's in the script and because it's not the performance. They're just, they're just giving yeah, the best yeah. they it's, can. You know exactly. what I mean? So. Weird choices. I know that that was, that was a whole script thing too. Like Amy Memolo and him argued about a script and her script was what everybody signed up for. And then it changed. So, you know,
0: Oh,
1: yeah, a, yeah. a David O. Russell yeah. moment. A uh, David O. Russell project, yes.
0: But looking forward, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be about any inventor, but I'm very much looking forward to Barbie, Greta Gerwig's talking about <laughs> products. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. I'm very curious about that one. And then have you heard of the Beanie Baby movie?
1: They're making a movie about the Beanie Babies?
0: With Zach Galifianakis, Elizabeth oh Banks, God. and Succession's Sarah Snook.
1: Jeez, always, oh man, they're just making everything nowadays.
0: <laughs> this is this <laughs> an original
1: idea. It's just like, nope, can't do that. You know what I mean? But uh, we can do beanie baby movies.
0: Here's the story The beyond fascinating tale of the seemingly overnight sensation, and it shows that all it took is two suburban women to start a cultural phenomenon. I mean, cute stuffed animals to a major legal battle with the company founder.
1: This This sounds like a joke it's not i know it's it's not but i'm just sitting there i'm like wow we're really doing this huh well you just
0: watched tetris for two hours
1: yeah but
0: you can do some beanie babies i like tetris yeah
1: i guess so (laughs) yeah if i can do beanie babies in a mop i guess i can do i guess i can do yeah tetris in a mop i mean i guess i can do beanie babies but good lord like They're really just running out of ideas. We're really, it's it's
0: (laughs) really hurting me. Bring me products and tell me their backstory.
1: Yeah. I've got to know about, you know, Nutella next week and how that swept the world. You know what I mean? Um, No. Okay. No, I did. Yeah. I, I can't wait for the, you know, the problematic harry potter book um, <laughs> you know I think that'll come out yeah that'll that that'll happen um warner brothers definitely wants to push that out there uh no i mean like Barbie's a good example because like barbie's a lot like pirates of the caribbean essentially like w- can you create something off an existing product um and do it in a way that's vastly entertaining um you know but then there's also you know I want to talk about a movie about a person trying to change the world for better or worse. Same weekend, there's Oppenheimer sitting right there. That's what wow. we been kind of talking yes. about. Who would have thought that? <laughs> That's you know, a
0: big leap. Yeah. That is a
1: big leap, but you know. Sure,
0: entrepreneurial spirits.
1: Uh, <laughs> you no, um, you know about the, the you know existentialism of whether they should make that or not. Um, who's the real villain? Um, but but yeah, no, I'm really interested in that uh, in the in in Barbie just to see just to really see like what it is like you know and in, yes, in, right. But I know that Greta Gerwig will be different than the cabbage patch film blue bonnet thing whatever you know the the what was it the beanie baby thing
0: yeah um, <laughs> oh,
1: you yeah. uh, know um you know and in tetris is that because she's she's such a unique visual and and singular uh, uh directorial talent uh, and her Noah Baumbach, I feel like that movie is going to be a wild ride. I don't people, I don't think people are expecting
0: because she's going to have some sort of message, some sort of pop cultural theme, or something that she really wants to say about our times in this really pink Barbie movie.
1: No, no, for sure. I mean, I don't know what the future of this is going to be. I mean, there's, surely there'll be a ton of other films, and, and this is a great genre and a subgenre to kind of go into and kind of tap into. But like, man. It it also can lead you down some dangerous paths, and I, I expect that Beanie Baby movie now to win like six Oscars and and be like the best picture we've ever seen. No, I'm just kidding. It's not going to be that, but you <laughs> never know. You never you never know. You never know.
0: The Beanie Bubble. It's I think the name is going to the be. Well, that's the
1: Beanie Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. But
0: finally, Ryan, is there one company or founder that
1: Ooh. lately
0: that you'd like to see a movie of, off the top of your head?
1: Yeah, I feel like there's. <laughs> Well, it's not that i want it to happen i feel like an elon musk one is going to happen eventually sooner rather than later um and i can't wait for benedict cumberbatch to play them um but uh, i feel like he played julian assange he's played other weird characters for like cumberbatch makes sense for elon musk just get him to shave his head um but yeah oh like a product or like a line i mean you know that's a that's a really good question Actually, I don't know. You might have to come back to me here um, at another date and time because that's Next that's. Time we
0: talk, we'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, that's a really tough one. I mean, honestly, the a movie about Bezos and Amazon would be interesting because you could explore it in a way in which it's also kind of like the ramifications of that's happened, like a Big Short or or like a Social Network or things of that nature. You know looking back on those and kind of and kind of seeing how it is i mean honestly i think um you know there's going to be a movie i think one of these days um and this is from a sports angle in my opinion um there'll be a there'll be one about uh the steroid mm-hmm. era and that's used and that's I think the difference uh, between like creating something that's like something that's already existed, but something that created a phenomenon um, that could, you know, then, you know, cause of these individual athletes and everything and sort of arise and fall there. Um, you could, I could very well see something of like a story about LeBron James, essentially is this young kid from Akron who is now a billionaire, you know, very much kind of like the, uh, like, not like King Richard, but almost in that sense of like, you you know, a movie about this underdog that came out of this place that doesn't normally come from and now is, you know, a billionaire and, you know, all time leading scorer and things of that nature. Sports really lead into that. You know what I mean? They really, they really lead into the idea of because sports do change because eras are different. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a magic john like they have winning time which is about magic johnson and and larry bird sort of uh, era and then you know another
0: adam mckay you
1: know another adam mckay vehicle right you know what i mean and uh and everything too so
0: how about um,
1: yeezys (laughs) please no or skims Um,
0: (laughs) on the kardashian side (laughs) either of those
1: that's true that's interesting true. founders
0: um, people would watch it we'd make some money ryan
1: i think i think so i think ryan murphy's got the corner of the market on the on the kardashian stuff since he did the the oj simpson show already but um and that's well, we where can they pitch also
0: it and make some money
1: i really think so i mean and then have them star as themselves yeah that would be really great um <laughs> no i think that i think that the what makes it always interesting is things that they kind of have to be a little controversial, too, and there's got to be a little bit of conversation behind that as well. Um, but I mean, yeah, like the reason why these figures they get all the way up to the top, and then we want to see something about them later on, is because there's usually a fall, or there's such a a, a steadiness uh, of, of, of of an incline of their increase up into the echelon, and then they stay up there. But then you hear about the stories underneath all that, you know, sort of money. Piles that they've made, so yeah, I think I think like Bezos and Musk are people that are going to get mentioned a ton, and and we'll see that. But it'll probably be long, long from now. Probably after, you know what? Actually, would just be like you, you know what I love is like the sort of mini microcosms, like something like a Steve Jobs. We didn't mention that one. Another circuit film um, is uh, uh, the idea of like taking three moments out of someone's life and sort of surmising that up there instead of just doing a flat out. 100% biopic um the idea of like i think what's going on right now at twitter with with uh with musk would make an interesting film yes, just, just from that. the from the inside bubble of it all and people that are there and and the firings and the sort of just the, the the wildness that goes along with it that could that could make for something interesting um what i'm saying is is whatever aaron sorkin's doing next apparently that's that's what we you know um Because it because that's even something like being the Ricardos. They were entrepreneurs. They were came from nothing and 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 had a and took over Hollywood. Man, he he's really into that thing. I didn't really think about that until now. That's a stick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's do a Sorkin special sometime and just talk.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to. Well, I mean, if we're doing a Sorkin special, it's gonna be like ninety five minutes on a few good men, which is like, I mean, might as well just recite the whole script.
0: Ryan, thank you so much. We'll leave it at that and. Thanks for this. This was fun, and uh, we'll do something new soon.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for, for having me on.
0: I think we'll meet again after we've seen uh, the Beanie Bubble.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that coming out this year?
0: I don't know. I no, just please <laughs>
1: tell me it's not.
0: Like... <laughs> we'll talk before them, but then we must have a Beanie Bubble special. Yes, with we
1: will. I, I, we will. We will do mm-hmm. a live stream uh, watch of that. Commentary at all for the beanie bubble. So.
0: Thanks so much.
1: Thank you.
2: History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies, big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction